All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the podcast whose name is Project A Plus. Plus. My name is Hunter March Sawyer. I'm joined today by Hugh. What's your middle name? Douglas. Douglas Hamilton. Uh, who, what's your social security number? We don't have social security numbers. What's your um, benefits number? I don't know. Tax file number is probably the equivalent. Tax file number. I can't remember. We're talking about the Danny Boyle-directed, Richard Curtis-written film yesterday about a world where the Beatles never existed. I guess they did exist. I guess the band never existed. They exist in the mind of one man. No, well, the the members of the band exist, but the band itself does not exist. Hmm. Um, so, but that's not the only movie we got today. We're going to finish up. We're going to wrap up our Larissa... Shepetko. Shepetko. Shepetko series. With her final film, we're doing her first and last films. Well, I guess like theatrical release films. Unless you count the film that she was making during the time of her death, which her husband completed. Which she didn't even start. She was, I mean, she was oh. scanning locations for it. Oh, I thought, I thought it was more along than that. But I only skimmed that article, that Wikipedia article, so. I don't think she had filmed anything. I think she was just scanning locations. Like, she had... She'd, uh, contribute to the screenplay and everything. Yeah, you're right. So, you, yeah, yeah, good job. Um, you did research. I wrote that as part of my introduction. The Ascent is the name of the movie. Let's do uh, Yesterday first. I want to do The Ascent first. What did we do first last time? We did um, whatever the other film was first. Murder Mystery? <laughs> I Am Mother. That... Oh, God. <laughs> this is just said really... Remember that film? No. <laughs> 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 it's as if you've woken up in a world where I Am Mother never existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing it so you can recreate the greatest film of all time. So, yesterday? Yesterday. In a, in a boon for our podcast, another boon coming on the heels of our Bob Dylan boons, we have unearthed a, a lost Beatles song <laughs> that uh, happens to uh, predict... The plot of the 2019 film Yesterday, based on the Beatles catalog. Yesterday, what if everyone forgot me yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, I saw yesterday, and it changed the way I feel about my life now. is a movie about uh, a man whose name is Jack Jack uh, who is a sort of songwriter. shitty musician yeah singer songwriter mm-hmm. uh, of the acoustic guitar and lonely stage bent uh, lonely stage bent yeah he's he's of he's a singer songwriter of the acoustic guitar and the lonely stage what else is he what else is there besides the stage you He's alone. Well, who else is there is Lily Collins playing a character named... Lily. Ellie. <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> nice, oh, nice sorry. Try. Her name's Lily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which yep. you just said. 
Yeah, I did. I thought uh, I was being smart, But I, I did say Lily Collins, so... <laughs> I was thinking of a different British actress. Ah, uh, what is her name? Her name is Lily, Lily James. Lily James. Her name is Baby Driver. Oh, is that her from Baby Driver? Yep. Gotcha. So Jack is a musician. He plays a guitar by himself on a stage. He's not well-liked. Uh, he goes to some music festival. His only real fan is his childhood friend, Ellie, who is his manager. Um, now, Jack has some other friends whose names I forget who aren't that important. Um, and how does it... I can't remember how, how it happens. There's, there's <laughs> some... <laughs> I know how he, he, the inciting incident, but what, what is the prologue to that? Like, he's, like, played at the festival or whatever, right? It's just establishing... All you need to know is it's establishing the fact that he's not a successful musician. In fact, now now I have remembered is that he has said to Ellie that he is quitting music entirely. Mm -hmm. He's a dead-end job. I guess his his boss wants him to go full-time. This is the important information. Yeah, this is in a supermarket. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's sort of a Costco-esque store. So combination supermarket and department store. So he is. Um, <laughs> what is he doing? He's quitting music. Um, yeah, and, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> this is why I should have wrote a summary. <laughs> yeah. And well, I did it last uh, week, so it's your turn. <laughs> he gets he his his manager slash childhood friend. His manager is Slash. <laughs> yeah. He should be much more successful. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard Slash doing? But he's got some industry clout, surely. At least, at least it should be able to rise did. him above his current anyway, stage. Anyway, shut up. Um, right. So, he's also his driver. Um, he Baby driver. Yeah. <laughs> She's his baby driver. <laughs> this is the age of the movie. <laughs> um, but, so, he... Uh, uh, it's like I have to get out of the car uh, after he's told her he's going to stop musician being a musician stop musician he's going to stop performing music <laughs> uh, he jumps out of the car he's on his bike it's the middle of the night or mm-hmm. roundabouts there's a huge yeah he's near roundabouts uh, there's a, a worldwide power outage and what should happen during this this outage you uh, she get hit by a bus wham blam thank you he gets hit by a bus and wakes up in the hospital, out of a coma. Everything's the same, or is it? He's lost, no, he's his lost two a couple of teeth. teeth. Yeah, that, I got that first. So fuck you. Uh, his friends, because they're kind sorts, bought, have bought him a new guitar. He sits down. They tell him to play a song, and the song and goes a little something like, <laughs> and insert the entirety of yesterday, right here. So he plays them yesterday. I, I don't need to insert shit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reenact the scene. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Keep going. My guitar's out of tune and I can't no, sing, so it won't have the same effect. You can't tune in. <laughs> yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Is that great? No, you have to go the entire thing. Oh. You wanted this. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, 
I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go out those Nope, gotta do the entire song. He doesn't do the entire song. Yeah, but you have to do the entire song. What's the next bit? I don't know. I've said yesterday, I've said suddenly, is there another bit? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really listen to the Beatles that much. So, um, anyway, uh, okay, you can stop. You can stop. You can stop. Uh, the day after tomorrow. That's a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Who, <laughs> right. coincidentally, enough, is it Spider Man? Far from home, <laughs> which we were just. <laughs> go and kill all the hoes. All right. What if instead of doing the songs, we just did the pots to the tune of yesterday every time? <laughs> um. Uh, yesterday uh, yeah so but uh, what twist his friends don't know yesterday is a song or rather they think he wrote it so oh you mean the song that goes a little something no like- if you play I'm gonna <laughs> kill you <laughs> uh, anyway no <laughs> put your put your guitar down <laughs> put it down <laughs> Motherfucker. All right, all right. Um, what do you do? Yes. Okay. Dirt day. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Why she? How to go? I don't know. I couldn't say. I said something wrong. No, yesterday. That was great. Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for troubles in so far away. Okay, no, now I gotta stop. So they're flabbergasted. They're like, oh, you're a genius. Uh, Jack being an enterprising and seemingly aboro fellow <laughs> decides to pass off all the Beatles songs as his own. He quickly becomes the uh, best known musician in the world, defeating even the likes of Ed Sheeran. But can his fame and his uh, recently discovered <laughs> desire for his Childhood friend Ellie coexist, or will he have to sacrifice one for the other? I guess we'll find out, Hugh. Now that we're going to talk about the movie yesterday. Yesterday. God. <laughs> <laughs> Every comment will be in song. To the tune of yesterday. So, Hugh, what did you think about yesterday? All right, I'm going to put my yesterday guitar down. 
What did I think of the movie yesterday? Yeah. Did you, okay. Here, let me put it. Let me put it a, a different way. When you saw the movie yesterday, on the day that would be today, did you wish it were yesterday again, so that you could experience today again in order to watch the film yesterday again? Let me put it a different way. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Is this film over long? Yes. Is this indulgent baby boomer fetishism? Yes. Are the, are the characters maybe underdeveloped? Yes. Have I pretty much already forgotten seeing the film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is this kind of bad? Yes. Is this exactly as satisfying as its trailer promised? Hell yes. This is primo Richard Curtis gloop. Unfortunately not directed by Richard Curtis himself. A world with no Beatles except in the mind of a struggling songwriter. See, this is a fun, dumb did you see concept. A, did you see a lot of uh, parallels to, to yourself? I did. I, I thought about what I would do in that situation. Because <laughs> of the two of us, I mean, obviously I'm a world-famous electronic musician, so it would work for me. Oh, I haven't tried to be successful in the way that Jack's character has. Mm. You haven't played at a single festival. No. And you don't have any childhood friends. No. Nope. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun idea. It's a dumb idea. I, yeah. I can't really think of a version of this concept that I would prefer over the version that we have. Like, who else but Richard Curtis could write it? Mm. He's un- unabashedly romantic. He's a crowd pleaser. But he does also have something of a signature voice. And occasionally he manages wit. He is an auteur. Of some description. Yeah. He birthed the fumbling Hugh Grant archetype. And many of his films, including this one, are basically cinematic personifications of that character. So yes. they can be awkward, they can make missteps, yet somehow they are endearing all the same. And who else but someone who isn't Richard Curtis to direct it? Especially if that someone is Danny Boyle, who can actually please a crowd with some style, I think. Mm. I think he's got a good sensibility for this type of uh, picture. Mm. Were this directed by Curtis himself, and we have seen, or at least I have seen some of his efforts, I think it would have collapsed maybe a third of the way through. I mean, you might disagree, and we'll, we'll soon discover if that's mm. the case, but I think Boyle keeps the we momentum up, even if it is somewhat overlong. I really don't think there's a better way of doing this film. It's such a silly, <laughs> indulgent premise uh. that the film has to be silly and indulgent and goofy and soppy and British, albeit semi-New Zealand-ish. Like, I don't think you can do this story with decorum. You just have to go for it. And if you make some gaffes along the way, and they make some gaffes, it's all the better for it. Uh-huh. Do you disagree? Well, you know, I think, I think I'm going to explain my feelings for this movie thusly. It's great. You loved it. So I, uh, you know, I text with my friends. I'm like you. I'm not sort of a, a, a mouse who, who only lives in his room. Does nothing. I, 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 I don't even recharge my phone, so I can't even text my friends. Yeah, exactly. I uh, opened my phone and said, yesterday, colon, 
like being waterboarded. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, says everything I need to say about yesterday. <laughs> so there you go. Like being waterboarded. <laughs> yeah. I did not uh, enjoy this film. I must admit, you. At all. At all. No, no part of it. Not, uh, not even, not even the slightest amount. Wow. Many times, if I had not been doing this before this, if I had not been watching this film for this podcast that you're currently listening to, I would have stepped out of the theater and then wandered away. My life would be so much richer. <laughs> so much richer, Curtis. Not only did I not like this film, it's made me think of, rethink my enjoyment of other Danny Boyle films. <laughs> so, no, Hugh. I did not find this movie to be satisfying or enjoyable or anything. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I thought it was the worst film I've seen this year. Maybe not. I, I We've seen a lot of garbage. On one of your points, I think it would be fair to say that this is sort of more of a Richard Curtis thing than the Danny mm. Boyle thing. And there's only like one moment where I felt like his personality really came through. It's like that weird thing where he's like watching all the YouTube videos or whatever. Mm. Uh, the rest of it seemed pretty denuded of his particular hyperkinetic style. Yeah, it seemed more akin to Richard Curtis's own aesthetic. Although, again, I think that Danny Boyle does a good job with the material. I mean, uh, could have been worse. It's. <laughs> I mean, I I believe that it could be worse. That does not mean that the product is good. Yes, or it does. tolerable. That's the yes. definition of good. No. <laughs> well, now that I've looked at my films I've watched this year, I think the only film that maybe com- that I, I disliked more was Polar. So <laughs> maybe Unicorn Store. Don't get me started on Unicorn Store. I won't. I won't. I mean, how can you how can you object to this film? Whatever whatever the, happened to Danny Boyle? The imperfections are what make this no, perfect. No. Like the scene in which John Lennon is resurrected oh and aged in the form of a prosthetic lookalike <laughs> is transcendently awful. Did you did you know that was Robert Carlyle? <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Oh fuck's sake. <laughs> Does it make you feel better? That was astonishing and I wouldn't change a second of it. I did enjoy that moment i will admit because it's so good <laughs> i can't believe it's robert carlisle <laughs> yeah but you're like okay this is gonna be the bit where they do the the you know the obligatory but not in this movie Beatles cameos mm. but no yeah i was genuinely expecting there to be a cameo by, by paul or ringo or both as like people who just work in a shop or something yeah yeah because they haven't had the same career <laughs> i think i'm i'm Honestly, I was flabbergasted that they weren't in this. No, I know. It's insane. But uh, <laughs> we got something even better. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact it was Robert Carlyle, like, that just that just stuns me. It's because I thought, on the cake. It's not like it, they needed someone to give much of a performance. No. They just needed someone who could credibly pass as a 78-year-old yeah, John Lennon. And they could just dub over, you know, John Lennon impersonator voice over it. Yeah, and, and my, I mean, th- he doesn't even do the voice well. The voice no. didn't particularly sound like John Lennon at all. No. That scene was amazing. That was just perfect. <laughs> I did enjoy that part. That, that, part is, that part is transcendently awful. Yeah, it Most is. Most of the yeah. film is merely awful. awful. <laughs> yeah. So. Again, these are your words, not mine. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't want to give the impression that I consider this like a so bad it's good situation. No. I, I mean, do that, that scene, this is, that scene is so bad it's good. Yeah, that scene is. But I don't think my my like opinion of the film as a whole isn't isn't in those terms. I think this film is genuinely fun on its own terms. No, no, no. No. Uh, uh, the no. premise is, is fun. I no. like the, the there there are nice there are no. nice bits. There are nice bits. No. There are nice bits. <laughs> There's nothing in here. I like the dig at Oasis, like it's obvious, but it makes sense. That, 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 was, that was something. The joke there is that because the Beatles never existed Oasis when he looks up Oasis, exist. they yeah. don't exist either, obviously. Um, but I also like the fact that they make uh, they vanish cigarettes out of existence in this world as well which is like a meta joke on the fact that in most contemporary mainstream films, they effectively do portray a world in which cigarettes don't exist because they don't want to yes. encourage smoking. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice touch. And I, I did like how it kind of emasculates Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> He's essentially presented in this film to be like uh, in, intimidated by the Beatles' back catalogue. As a, as a t- talentless hack. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of portrayed as a hack, sort of. Yeah. I don't, you know, I've never listened to anything that Ed Sheeran's ever done, so. I'm sure you have. You, I know. It's, it's probably just kind of inescapable. I'm sure you've heard Shape of You. He was on a, yeah, nope. He was on a, uh. You have. A, an episode of uh, Game of Thrones, which I watched. I do know. I, I've seen that clip. And I believe that he plays a song on that. He does. So I have heard that song. You've heard Shape of You, I guarantee it. I'm going to put it on right now. I'm in love with your body. I'll sing it for you. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to play it. Club isn't the best place to find a lover, so the bar is where I go. How do you know all the lyrics to this song? I know that line, that's it. Oh, yeah, I have heard this song. Yeah, of course you have. Okay. But that's it. For some reason, I thought he was like a a rock musician. No, he used to do more folky stuff. Mm well, anyway, um, so yesterday. I wrote some notes about yesterday. I don't really remember what they are. Let's continue on with Ed Sheeran. Um, I know, what I did you think like... of him in the in the film in general? Uh, I His was, performance. I thought he was pretty annoying. I thought he, I thought he did, did fine. I like the fact that he was in it. I think it adds something to the film to have like a, an actual contemporary performer in this film to play off against Jack's character. And I... I Jack's character... <laughs> He seemed like kind of, uh, he, he played the, the forlorn, intimidated uh, guy quite well, I think. I thought he was pretty annoying. It was fine. I thought he was pretty annoying. It was fine. We can uh, disagree to disagree. How does that sound? This film's fun just to watch the, the central conceit play out. Yeah. Like Jack struggling to remember it's, it's, Beatles it's, lyrics. You just don't even have to it plays out exactly how you think it's going to play out. Exactly, that's why it's great. But, no, uh, I like that's why it's bad. It's great. It's great. To... Okay. It's great the same way that Spoon is great. <laughs> um, I like the scene in which he tries to uh, play Let It Be for his parents. I, mean, I, I, and I, a neighbor. I did not like that. It was fun. It was, it's so like, okay, I know it's happening. Get on with it. That's how I felt all this movie. It was, it was, it was like a hundred hours long. I died. And the cast, the I cast, lived and died several times. Sells this film well. Uh, Lily James as yeah. the love interest doesn't get much of a character, which is a typical which is, Curtis but, but weakness. Let's, let's just, let's just uh, in keeping with the rest of this film. Yeah, but no you, one, no one is characterized. 
But I think she makes a, an impression regardless. But yeah, she does. Curtis doesn't give her much to do. No. Um, Kate McKinnon is pretty enjoyable as an industry mogul. No. And best of all, I think uh, Himesh Patel is perfectly cast as Jack. No. I'm, I'm not sure if this was a deliberate aspect of his character in conception, but I like the way that he project he projects this kind of stick in the mud mopiness. Mm. which plays well against the absurd situations he finds himself in. I can't say I got that. I mean, it's subtle. Like, he's not outright sulking, but it's there. Like, he's a little bit Mm. of a sourpuss. Yeah, I didn't didn't read that note in his character. And um, I think his performance also strengthens the romantic story, which is not strong (laughs) or that believable. But it actually seemed credible that Jack was oblivious of Ellie's long-standing crush and or incapable of acting upon it. No. And also credible that she would be attracted to him nonetheless. Like, he just seemed like the type of person who could go years without doing anything about it or noticing. Because that's the sort of cliche we see in, like, a million romantic comedies. Yeah, it's the the same thing you see here. And it's, it's so rarely convincing... And it's also unconvincing here. I think it's unconvincing as like a, an ultimate story, but <laughs> this premise of their relationship is somewhat no. convincing. No. No. Uh, you're going to kill me. I think he's got charisma and charm, but it's understated enough that you kind of buy him as a failure and also buy him as a superstar, no. you know, propped up by the Beatles catalogue, which is quite a... The difficult casting proposition, I think. I think if it was someone more overtly charismatic and charming, the story wouldn't quite work. Well, Hugh, I must say I disagree with you. Must you? I must. Why don't you just agree? Why don't you just go, no, you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do that too often on this show. <laughs> this would be fucking torture. This is, this is one of our famed, uh, albeit rare disagreements, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I do have some quibbles. But <laughs> okay, can I, can I list my quibbles? All right, fine. List your okay. quibble, quibbles first. Uh, the the entire movie. <laughs> ah, good one. Uh, it's, it's, it's a cliche. Uh, it is sort of, of this, this, this conservative fantasia. Of course. These aren't criticisms. Oh, wait. This is what it is. <laughs> this, this is yeah, I'm saying these are bad things. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's boring. <laughs> It doesn't go far enough with its premise. What would you want it to do with its premise? I've heard this criticism from other parties. <laughs> Show me how the, how the world has changed. All of this, like, it, uh, it only employs it on, like, weakening drugs of, like, cigarettes don't exist. Coke doesn't exist. That's it. But th- I think that's completely fine. Like, no. I heard this no. criticism on a podcast. And uh, I actually, I'm not going to do this. But I initially had a plan for this episode oh. of listing the points made by other critics and refuting all of them. <laughs> God. But, you know, it, it was too much work, so I gave uh. up. <laughs> but I have heard criticism of people saying, you know, it doesn't do enough with its premise. It doesn't really explore yeah. how doesn't. the world change. It doesn't really work as a science fiction conceit. No. Right? It's true, it does not. And I'm like, it's not a science fiction film. <laughs> yeah, that, that is it's also true. It's not trying to do anything with, it, but with Hugh, this conceit Hugh. beyond the central what-if scenario. An, an, an as interesting, what if, a more interesting film maybe would explore that. 
No, I, I, I think this no. this premise is stupid. It's a stupid, it is stupid premise. premise. <laughs> but at least, you at least, need to at least just go treat full, it as no, no, no. superficial no. fun. No, you you need to go full bore into the stupidity. No, you haven't yes. got like you haven't got because the Beatles didn't exist. Now, uh, yes. Thatcher's still alive now, or now something, Hitler or the Nazis won yeah. somehow. Yeah, again. that's what we need. <laughs> It's so much better. It's that so much like, stupider. That would like completely detract from the no, central what if scenario, which is the only reason this film exists and why people are watching it. Because you, oh, wouldn't that you, be interesting? You're, you're not saying that it wouldn't be great if like like two thirds of the way through the film, it's, there's just like a, a sudden cut to like a, a photo of the president on the wall. You just swear to swastika lapel. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. I mean, yeah. yes, I, so I, I could say, but, but in a different way. <laughs> He's like, no, all I care about is the Beatles. You know what? I don't think a world with the Beatles would be that bad. You, you don't think a world without the Beatles would be no, that bad? No, I, I don't think. A, yes, that's what I'm saying. No, I do think. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't think it would be that bad if the Beatles just never existed. But would, but like, would you have forgotten them, or would you have remembered them? But be like, yeah, whatever. I, I would be like, yeah. Whatever. Like if you were him, if you were the character, yeah. and you were the only I would, one I was who remembered the Beatles. Be like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't really uh, work out their songs musically anyway, so... <laughs> but I just, I just... I just... I just... You loved it. I hated it. I, I loathe this film. But well, no, no, let's get to my quibbles. Okay, okay go ahead. Um, look, I want to qualify them by saying that they don't matter because this film is perfect, but I'm going to detail no, them anyway. I, I want to I I note two things that happened to my audience after you note your quibbles. All right. Very important. Um, so I, I really think they miss a trick by not addressing the possibility that some of the Beatles songs haven't aged well or don't mm. work in a modern context. Yeah. Which I think would have been a fun and a clever angle. Yeah. Like if they, what's that one song that's like, she was 17. Yeah, exactly. That's the song they use. They use, in the film, they use the song, I saw her standing there. Yeah. With its opening line of "She was just seventeen, you know what I mean." Yeah, sung by a guy in his late twenties, older than the Beatles were at the time they sung that. Yeah, um, it, it's still not necessarily acceptable for the Beatles to sing that because it's still like it's great that she's under eighteen. I mean, you know what? The age of consent is uh, sixteen in Britain, so. But it's still like it's great that she's extra young or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's still kind of it's dicey. Either way, but even more dicey in 2019, sung by someone in their late 20s, at least. I don't know how yeah. old he was, but I think he was in his late 20s, at least. Uh, it's, it's not stated, but Hamish uh, Patel is 28 years old, so... It is stated because they mentioned that he sung a song and oh, they shared the... a crush for 15 years or whatever. Yeah, so there's, you could kind of work it out, but I can't remember exactly what it is. But it was at I'm least... Not, he's at least in his, He's at least in his late 20s, if not early 30s, when he's singing the song. Oh. And no one bats an eyelid. I think what they should have done, um, when he's trialling songs in the studio and we get the reactions of the studio execs, um, he should have launched into the song Run For Your Life. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's I'm the not. closing song on Rubber Soul. Uh, I've never um, listened and to it includes Soul, lyrics such as, uh, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. You better run for your life if you can, little girl. Uh, run for your life if you can, etc." Yeah, it's a creepy song. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was but it would have been funny. I think it would have been funny if he he had launched into that and they just went, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> but but Hugh, that that sort of violates the central premise of this 
this movie. Not necessarily. I think it could have sustained that. No, it does. Because, because, allow me to explain. This is not a movie about the Beatles songs. This is a movie about the Beatles songs that everyone remembers. True. So, there you go. (laughs) I'm at best a very shallow appreciator of the Beatles. There was not a song in this movie that I did not recognize. The Beatles are unique in that capacity. Like, so much of their catalogue has been absorbed by people secondhand, whether That's they're true. much of a fan or not. There's no deep cuts. That's what I'm trying to say. There was no particularly deep cuts, no. They were mostly just the singles. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of anything that was, like, a left-field edition. Yeah. But, yeah. There wasn't any. Um, but that makes sense, because, like, that's what he would remember, because he's yeah. got nothing to draw upon. He has to just rely on his memory. But anyway, yeah, I think they should have at least maybe mentioned something about let's change the she was just 17 line and made, 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 made a smart Me Too reference. Would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that not at all crass. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. I know, um, you would have. I also found it a bit perplexing that after Jack reveals himself as a fraud publicly... Um, and you know, there's this come down in his career, you know, he's going to release all the music for free and whatever. And I think it goes back to teaching. Yeah. He doesn't learn the lesson that there's value in his own expression, in his own songwriting, even if he's not as good as the Beatles. He just continues to sing the Beatles song. There's, there's, he doesn't, you, you listen to his music. No, no, but like that should have been like a lesson. I think that's an important lesson. Like it doesn't matter if you're not the Beatles. It should discourage people. No, no. We should just should discourage people. <laughs> yeah, discourage people from making music. It's bad. Uh, and you should, uh, well, you should look at the, the the monuments of history, say the Beatles or Ulysses, whatever the 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 accepted greatest work is. Citizen Kane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take those, and then just realize that you're never going to do anything that's as memorable <laughs> or as good, and just destroy the thing that you pr- perform your art on. That's what I believe, anyway. I will refute that point in the form of my Beatles song when this episode <laughs> is released. But, but Hugh, your Beatles song? I thought that you had uncovered a demo oh, yes. of a... yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Whoops. Um, and I can't believe this. <laughs> as an additional side note, um, look, the logic of this film is, is not really worth unpacking, but... If we think about it for a second, if he really did reveal on stage that the music he's singing, singing was not written by him, it was written yeah. by uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney in a band called The Beatles, and they wrote these songs and he's a fraud and whatever, there's still the issue of there being no evidence to back him up. Like, they'd be like, some guy has just said he didn't write these songs, but the people he said did write these songs, we've tracked them down. Yeah, they still exist. They didn't write these songs. There's no evidence of these songs. There's no sheet music. There's no recordings. They don't exist. This guy's nuts. (laughs) He just thinks he's getting, like, communed by God or something. I I think that another failure of this film is that it treats the Beatles songs as pure sacred texts divorced from their instrumentation in particular performances, right? Hmm, yeah, pretty much. And it kind of just makes them into generic mush for the most part. <laughs> Which, granted, is a lot of popular music today. But I don't. I just don't see that that becoming as popular as it would. Well, you know? I, I'm not sure like it would necessarily rocket him to s- superstardom as rapidly as it does yeah. in his narrative. But, yeah. I mean, but that's a, that's its conceit. But I would say I was convinced by the idea that if someone, if this did happen to someone, 
and they, you know, stuffed an album full of the, the best Beatles songs they could remember and did, like, serviceable renditions. I don't think they're bad renditions. They are I, a bit I, boring. I but think they're, they're bad. They're serviceable. I thought they were bad. I still think that person would uh, get noticed. Maybe. But I, I would say another another flaw in this film is that it doesn't really follow the standard... I mean, it, it, it follows the standard, like, rock music trajectory as opposed to, like, how music is discovered nowadays, you know? Like, people, mm. like, posting things online. That is what happens, though. Like, he gets buzzed from yeah, posting it online. But, not, but after he's, like, toured with Ed Sheeran. No, 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 that was before, I think. No, no. He gets... No, he, he posts his initial thing of... Uh, no, he's, he distributes the CD to, like, random people. Probably in real life, if he distributes CDs, none of the people would have the capacity to play the CDs in their houses. <laughs> you try to put it into his t- into their uh, MacBook Air, which does not have a CD player, to <laughs> destroy the disc. This is a, another trait of Richard Curtis uh, that is not confined to this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the romantic gesture here was both invasive and manipulative. It was. It involved a, a huge sort of power and talents. Yes. So we should explain that, that uh, superstar Jack is yeah. on stage at like an Ed Sheeran concert. And this is where he reveals that he didn't write the songs. Uh, and during that speech, he also displays uh, unaware to uh, the person being displayed, uh, what's her name? Ellie. On the big screen behind him and says, this is the girl who I love or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Not only does, does he, like, invade her privacy by displaying her on the big screen against her will or at least without her uh, consent, he also declares his love in a public forum when she currently has a boyfriend as well, who is also at the, the concert. Which, I have to say, this is a prime Baxter movie. Hmm. <laughs> and I was, as soon as that character was introduced, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, that guy's going to be the Baxter. And I was right. And you know what? The thing that annoys me about I don't mind that so much. I mean, that's bad enough in, in and of itself. But what I hate is when, uh, like, you know, the Richard Curtis in this case is like, well, I don't want that guy to be sad now. I want him, I want him to be completely understanding. He's like, yeah, I know, I'm second. And maybe I can hook up with uh, her sister. With the, with the character <laughs> who has had, like, one line before this. <laughs> Whoever that was, I don't even know who that was. She just exists to, no, she, to she be is. paired up with yeah, him. Yeah. Just as he exists to temporarily take her away from Jack. And that that's not just an issue with Richard Curtis films. Like, that's happened so many times. It really annoys me. I'm like, just actually make that person sad and have there be some consequence with it, even if... Um, the overall effect is... Yeah, the overall effect is, like, they still want it to be positive. But, like... That happens in real life, is that people are going to be sad when that thing happens. It's not necessarily the fault of the couple who got together, because they just, you know, that's their feelings, whatever. You know, deal with it. They call themselves. Yeah. That should have been the final shot. <laughs> his, his legs swinging. <laughs> in before, like, a TV performance. Mm, I, was, of, I was thinking uh, more like a, uh, you know, rifle um, with the toe. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or a belt. Or hanging himself with a belt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or hanging himself traditionally yeah. <laughs> or his friend hanging him like Jack, hanging <laughs> Jack him. <laughs> as an act of mercy <laughs> what is that I don't even remember that character's name <laughs> I erased it as soon as he came off I was just like Baxter <laughs> that's his name yeah I don't know his name either he was just the guy who initially produces the record yeah his first recordings 
Um, so, so essentially, this film is in the mold of uh, the magical realist rom coms, like What Women Want or something, where there's this sudden power outage, and then one character is magically transformed, and then everything is restored at the end. Right. Yeah. But this that doesn't happen. Like we stay in a universe where the Beatles don't exist. And I was like, what? I kind of like that too. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Was like, I was like, okay. Yeah, I was like, I was really expecting it to like fall down or something. You'd be like, oh, I'm back to where I was. Now yeah, I can confess like, to Ellie in real life. Yeah, exactly. And now I can, you know, I, 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 I'm still happy. Even if I'm not successful, I'm still happy with my own song. Yeah, the, the, the classic, uh, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. yeah. But no. but no, they're like, nope, there's no Beatles, and then they're like, oh, no Harry Potter either, wow. What a joke, that's the sequel. Um... The sequel, he writes Harry Potter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't think of the like, clever one-word title for that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, good film. <laughs> God awful film. I'm so you, there are two notable things that happened in my theater. Mm-hmm. Now, the first one was, I was... Half convinced someone had died in the theater. You what? <laughs> There's like some commotion near me, right? This is before the movie this started. This is during like previews, okay? Yeah. And I was sitting like, in the theater. Yeah, I heard this commotion. And I looked over, and then there's this like flock of like security guards or mm-hmm. like theater personnel who are like carrying someone out of the theater. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I I really don't want to live in a world where the uh, the last film that someone saw was yesterday. Well, they didn't see it. No, I guess not. They were spared that uh, ignominy. They were denied uh, something that they were looking forward to, whether or not they would have enjoyed it or not. Or not. Maybe they were like me. Maybe they were doing a podcast about yesterday. Maybe. And they were really resenting the fact that they were there. Yeah. That, that resentment is actually what caused their Maybe death. they were praying for death. Yeah. <laughs> Did God so, like, did the person way? actually die? I don't think so, because oh, I shame. think that they came back into the theater later. So. Okay. But, who's to say, really? They're like, I must make it back. <laughs> 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 I thrown out of the grave for yesterday. <laughs> it's too soon. Give me two more hours. <laughs> it's like doing CPR on themselves. <laughs> I need to live. <laughs> Uh, so that's one thing that happened to you? The, the the credits roll on this film, right? Yes. And what was I greeted by in addition to the credits? What noise do you think emanated from my audience? Cheers and <laughs> applause. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, you. My audience applauded this film. Yes, because they I, I felt I, I was like I was I was dying. Um yeah, yesterday it's it's no good. It's no good. It is you. good. No, it's it's all good. It's. It... <sighs> <sighs> I'm going to die. It's all good, brother. I uh, did not like this film. I had a wonderful time. But Hugh, you are more disposed to this kind of garbage than I am. That is true. <laughs> that is have, true. Do you have anything else to say <laughs> that? So that in a true. sense. Your opinion of this movie was already made up before it... it no, because you're before. naturally not predisposed towards it, so we're both biased in, in opposite directions. Yeah, exactly. So really, this movie, we might as well not even have seen it. 
No, so the, so the the correct opinion of this film is between our two opinions. <laughs> just just like every opinion. The sensible choice. Yeah. The sensible so centrist your, your choice. Your mild enjoyment and my loathing. No, no, I wasn't mild. I was unequivocal. You were you were equivocal. I had quibbles, <laughs> but I still contest that this film is perfect. <laughs> no. So it's pure perfection versus your. You didn't like it that much. That makes a great film. No, 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 no. I, I, I loathe it, you. No. That equals a mediocre film. And I'll accept no, that. That equals like a nice, solid film. No, 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 no. Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. We're not going to talk about Judy. Okay, I'm done. Yesterday. No, nope, I'm done with the podcast. All my troubles keep so far away. Uh, I've been listening to this. Uh, did you just fall over? No. <laughs> no. God. <laughs> Spare me this burden. What were you saying? Put down the key. The, the uh, I was on the keyboard. Put down the goddamn guitar. Why she had to go, I don't know, she wouldn't say. My favorite film of all time is the film yesterday. Wow, that's, that's weird that Paul McCartney said that in, in 1964 or whatever. I know. 1965. That's close. Who do you think Mark David Chapman assassinated in the world of, of yesterday? <laughs> Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no, because Ed Sheeran is, is still alive in the film. But it'd be good if the, the film ended with Ed Sheeran <laughs> being assassinated by an elderly Mark Chapman. <laughs> it, would, it would also be... Uh, or Jack no, being assassinated, how, that, that's, that they, that, that's what they should have postulated. It's made Mark David Chapman this, like... Um, like sort of ghostly Avenger who also like <laughs> remembers killing John Lennon. <laughs> like I have <laughs> and to do it. Seventy-eight year old John Lennon. <laughs> so that'd be great. Never reality. I'm gonna stop the music from coming. No, like forth. He, he goes to the house. He knocks <laughs> on the door. He opens it, and like he sees John Lennon. John Lennon's about to speak, and then like a, a bullet, like hole appears in his head and collapses. I also like the idea alternatively of like. It's like Jack has left John Lennon's house, right? And it cuts to like yeah. a it, it, it cuts to a, a like interior shot, a reverse shot of like John Lennon like about to like go walk and live his boring life, being a salesman or whatever, or a sailor, mm. or whatever. Whatever. There's, there's a knock on the door, and it's like, oh, it must be Jack again. He just gets fucking blasted. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Mr. Chapman, please come in. And we like it's like a point of view shot of the guy walking into it's the like, room. Jack, and it's just like. <laughs> Great stuff. Anyway, okay, so uh, shall we uh, move on to our next film? Ascent, the general act of ascending Mount Inner-Soaring Up. Upward movement. Rise. Rise in thought, estimation, characteristic, quality, social situation, ETC, advancement. Especially the act of climbing, traveling up, going up, stairs, roofing, etc. Succession. A federal way of ascending. 
The Ascent is Larissa Shapiko's last and most acclaimed film. Uh, as, as we discussed earlier, if I kept that audio, Shapiko died in a tragic car accident while scouting locations for a follow-up project, which was eventually completed by her husband, Ellen Klimov, in the form of the 1983 film Farewell. Set in Belarus during the Second World War, or around Belarus, or at one point they're in Belarus, the Ascent follows <laughs> two Soviet partisans... Sotnikov and Rybeck, who are tasked with obtaining supplies for their unit after a confrontation with German forces. They eventually manage to secure a sheep from a collaborator's property. The pair are spotted by a Nazi patrol before they're able to make it back. Injured in the snow and confronting his death, Sotnikov adopts a messianic aura, a characteristic that will intensify as the film progresses. Both men manage to escape the encounter, but an ill-timed cough on Sotnikov's part results in their capture shortly thereafter, and they're brought to a nearby camp for interrogation. The interrogation process functions as a trial for the moral character of our protagonists. Sotnikov, martyr-like, refuses to be coerced, even under torture, while Rybeck pragmatically considers an offer to become a collaborator in return for his life being spared. Utilising a vivid documentary-style naturalism, Shapiko explores the link between morality and mortality, the spiritual and the visceral, and takes the measure of men pushed to extremes in times of war. The question remains, however, did this film transcend the mortal plane, or was it merely a trial of endurance? Well... You know. Well put. Thank you. Care to, care to expound? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, I, I quite enjoyed this, the Ascent. I enjoyed maybe the wrong word. But I thought it was a very, uh, stirring, uh, little film. So I thought the ending was a little bit, um, overwrought, let's say. Stirring little film. Like, yeah. good on you, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good like, job. <laughs> did it. <laughs> like that. What did you think of the Ascent? Uh, yeah, I thought it was very impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as easy to like as Wings, and I think no. I prefer Wings on the whole. But I think I prefer The Ascent to Wings, actually. There you go. But I do think this is among the best films of this type that I have seen. Me too. Not necessarily my favourite type of film, but I think this is an exceptional example of it. Uh, it felt rather Bresson-like to me, mm. in its singular, austere style, and its portrayal of spiritual transcendence in particular. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, as with Wings, it's clear in in every sequence that we're in the hands of an exceptional filmmaker. For sure. Her camera and staging are very tightly controlled, and it's no surprise to learn that this film was rigorously planned out in advance. And there's a, a very effective accumulation of tension over the course of the film. And the, the documentary-style camera that she uses uh, lent... A tangibility to the sequences in the snow and it actually recalled at times films like come and see which her husband mm. would go on to direct yeah this is sure. a power directing couple i must say yeah I, I agree but i mean not having seen come and see i don't know if i've seen an earlier film that used this technique as extensively in depicting war um which isn't to say there isn't one but i can't think of one that i've seen what's funny is that just like that, uh, the how I previously mentioned that some parts of me of uh, Wings reminded me of Tarkovsky's Mirror. Some parts of this film also reminded me of Tarkovsky's Mirror. Hmm. 
Well, maybe, maybe thinking Mr. Tarkovsky was taking some notes in the theater. Um, well, Mirror was before this. Yeah, well, in Wings at least. Yes, in Wings it could, could well have been. Um, this looks like it would have been a very uh, difficult shoot. The crew, sure. is, uh, I'm guessing, essentially faced the same harsh winter conditions as the yeah. characters. The, the actors, actors' face, faces almost always seem to be doused in snow, frozen eyelashes. Eyebrows. I was reading that uh, apparently that became a ritualistic thing that between every take she would throw snow <laughs> in their face. <laughs> kind of a motivator to get you to not to try to get it done as quickly as possible, right? And she used she intentionally used two uh, relatively unknown actors. Mm. They're both have gone to have a very intense careers. process. That's, that's kind of a Brisson-ish touch as well. True. Yes. Except for obviously the um, commissar guy who's yes, who was in stalker and a lot of Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky films. films yeah. Maybe that's why Andre Rublev himself, in fact. No, no, Andre Rublev is Andre Rublev himself. Uh, and again, similar to Wings, Shapiko uses naturalism along yeah. with the poetic, poetic and the transcendent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, admittedly, here the, the Christ parallels aren't exactly subtle. <laughs> no. But I don't think this film is going for subtlety, personally. No, like, I mean, this I is a, quite a harsh, direct film where characters spit blood in one another's faces. Yeah. People are hanged in front of weeping children, and also children are hanged. <laughs> and by the end, there's this very clear moral chasm mm. that divides the, the two men. It's funny that it, it's, it's a film that draws so much on, like, sp- spirituality. But... It's almost entirely in service of, like, this secular triumph. And, you know, also it's a little bit like a propaganda film at times, actually, I think. Topeka had difficulty getting this film approved mm. uh, by the authorities for that very reason, that they initially interpreted it as a spiritual fable. Yeah, but the the sort of the, um, you know, the, the term that is being, like, upheld here is just, like, the, the dignity of the, you know, perfect, like, Soviet individual, in a sense, you know? Yeah, refusing to betray his colleagues and yeah. accepting death and, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it is played, and it, it, it is sort of uh, termed to, like, I mean, it's made really explicit with, where the, the villagers, like, call, um, what's his name, uh, Kola, uh, Judas. And on that note, I really like the dark, almost comic touch um, of having Rybeck, the Judas analog, as you've just said, repeatedly failed to hang himself with a belt. Yes. Um, at one point, fixing a noose that is too small to accommodate his head. Mm. And that's kind of the, his ultimate humiliation. Yeah. And then by the end, all that he can do is stare at the uh, open gate of the camp, mm. a symbol of a freedom that he can never obtain. And it's yeah. a freedom that's uh, not physical, but psychological. That's, yeah, psychological, yeah. Given you can't come back from hanging, helping to hang one of your yeah, comrades, and you know other uh, sundry other people as well. So yeah, it's definitely not subtle with what it's no. trying to get across about this, but it is no. nonetheless. It is pretty affecting, effective. Effective. But I, yeah, I did I find that any it was just like a little too. It was like gilding the lily a bit much, you know. I I, I think I agree with you there. Yeah. It's just like a little. There's just too many shots of like the the world outside in his face, like like ah, it's slow motion. It's like. All right, I get it. I think it. I think it would have been nice to have ended with him just not being able to put his head through the yeah. belt, and just the door opening, and he's like pathetic standing there in the outhouse, and then yeah. it just ends. <laughs> that would have, I would have ended it there. <laughs> or you could just have like one of the, or, or just like have that cut to like a shot of like the, 
like wilderness outside the village, and then that could be there mm. too. But yeah, it's d definitely not subtle. <laughs> but subtlety is sometimes not a virtue. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was something that she was going for. I think she's been no. very explicit here. Yeah, and sort of didactic too. I think. Whereas Wings is is a little bit more nuanced in its in its portrayal of uh, that that character. Which is probably why I prefer. But I did think I did think both both wings and this sort of both sort of function as like deconstructions of like the typical. I mean, you know, extrapolating. Not that I'm any sort of scholar about Soviet history, right? But hmm. I mean, as it's depicted in like the the museum sequences and wings, and you can sort of extrapolate from that. But just like the myth of the of World War Two, what that meant to like the Soviet people, because in both in both wings and. In uh, they said it's portrayed in this really traumatic and horrifying event, you know. And there doesn't seem to be any, except for like um, Shalakov's like refusal to to submit. There's not like much glory or I don't know. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like this pathetic, like horrible thing at the end. So maybe that maybe that was what more they objected to than the um, I don't know, like the spiritual. But I guess I guess you said that they explicitly rejected the spiritual theme. So that'd be the censors. Apparently. If Wikipedia can be believed. <laughs> you do a lot of research on this show, folks. I mean, it's, it's a surprisingly in-depth Wikipedia <laughs> entry, is, to be honest. For sure. It's like, it's almost too much information because I didn't read it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those Wikipedia articles where you look at it and you're just like, I'm just going to skip this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was really, I I think this film was some, some of the most like, um, maybe not spectacular, but just through, like just how I sort of was in all of the battle sequences and wings. Like the opening um, firefight between the the Soviet and the German army is just so well done. It's just so tense and like you barely know what's happening. Like it, you know, obviously intentionally, it just feels like so precise and exact about exactly what she wants to show. And mm. I, th I think that opening sequence is like genius, and I love how it like plays out under the titles too. It's so effective. That was one thing I, I forgot to write down, but I had the same reaction. I was like, that's that's a really interesting choice. Like this battle is just going on and then just the credits are sort of matter of factly displayed over them. Yeah. And that created an interesting effect. Yeah. It almost like makes it, it almost like divested of a little bit of the, like it's so, if, if it's willing to put the titles there, it almost becomes like this everyday fact of life as opposed to. D kind of de-heroicizing yeah. it or something. Yeah. Or like, like it's not just this grand battle. spectacularizing it, I guess. Yeah. That was really interesting. Uh, do you mind if we take a quick pause so I can get to the bathroom? No, go for it. Uh, should you go back to the bathroom? Alright. I really, I was really struck by, uh, 
the performances as well. All of which are pretty much like pitch perfect. She's a pretty good knack for getting the performances she wants out of the people that she cast, I think. Uh, for the most part, my understanding was that um, the Soviet position towards concentration camps was basically to acknowledge that the majority of the victims were like communist sympathizers. Mm. And sort of to um, not dilute, but like like less in the fact that it was you know, shift the emphasis yeah, away from Judaism. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see this film sort of like, uh, I mean, I guess it's not ex- like entirely directly, but have like a explicitly Jewish character. Um, and I remember watching this East German, obviously East German and um, Soviet films are much different called, uh, I was 19 where they go to like a concentration camp and like they only talk about communists it's really strange, um, but so I think it's it's interesting that this film is an explicit explicitly Jewish character. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's really um, it's kind of a tough watch, I'll say, especially at the end. Yeah, I'd be really interesting to watch her other two films that she made. And uh, yeah, once again, I'm ruining the fact that I didn't uh, go to the retrospective. Did they play all of her films? Yeah, they played everything. Like she shot a musical fantasy film. Like, yeah, whoa. that sounds interesting. That sounds crazy. I can't imagine that. It sounds like such a break from the, t- the two films that we've seen. I'm I'm glad that you pushed us on this journey. I'll say. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad we watched these too. These are good. Hopefully, it's a good uh, set up for our next um, full length project about the Iranian New Wave. Prominence. All my prominence has gone away. It's because I'm an obscure Soviet filmmaker who He's died <laughs> suddenly in, in a, a car accident. the life of mine. Me and four brother crew members. Do you want to do the box house? Remember when we did, we did that? No, not really. Do you? Yeah, you. We have to commit now. You oh. made that song and everything. Box office hooray. Box office hooray. Box office hooray. Box office. Yeah, so the box office in both countries. Mm. The countries being Australia and the, the USA. US of A. Eight, the number one film is three, two, two one. one. Spider Man from home. home. Mark May Parker. Bonus features. Bonus. Bonus features. Bonus features. Bonus. Bonus features. Uh, I watched two Spider-Man movies, but we're going to talk about them maybe next week. Maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point. But the only film that I watched that was not Spider-Man or The Ascent or... Um, yesterday. Yesterday related. was a film called China Not China, uh, which is a short film uh, that is entirely composed of uh, edited together multiple exposure photographs of Hong Kong and Taiwan... Uh, and it produces this pretty fascinating and hypnotic effect, of, like these ghostly presences of people and technology and stuff. Because it's all, it's all like the cameras seem to be, um, 
or whatever. I don't know how they did it exactly. If they like ran and like I don't know, or if they just had multiple cameras at the same time. But uh, it, they're basically just a little bit uh, off from each other. It's really this like this like swaying sort of um, I don't know discombobulation of the image, uh, and it's a pretty interesting. I think it may be a little too long. It may have been better as like maybe just like five or six minutes. How long is it? Fourteen. Okay. Um, but it is a pretty hypnotic effect, um, and I think like sort of the like you know you read about the like the political intentions behind it. It's not evident in the film itself at all. I don't think it's like oh mm. this embodies the the fact that these two countries are both China, but they're not part of China. You know. It's like, I, uh, I don't really see that in the film itself. Just see some nice photos for 14 minutes. Yeah, it, it is a pretty it is a pretty interesting experience. And it also has this like, real weird, ghostly uh, soundtrack. But I, I enjoyed it enough. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch, I think. You know, it's 14 minutes. As a dumb millennial, was it difficult having to concentrate for 14 minutes straight? Yeah, I was like, uh, when, when is the YouTube commentator going to come out? I, I kept on checking the comments, but there was no comment section. Wow. What am I supposed to do? I just, I just went back to, to watch people play Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> for, for seven hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever, were you ever into watching like uh, streams of people playing games? Uh, yeah, when I, was, when I was a teenager. All right, Hugh, what was the one film that, uh, that you watched? One film I watched? Uh, I watched the uh, 2017 film Girls Trip. Mm, I saw that you had watched that. That got pretty decent reviews when it came out. It did. Like, I, that's the reason I watched it. I was just curious. I, I kind of suspected it wouldn't be for me because I don't think I actually like the genre, no matter how well executed. Like a gross In which, like, comedy. four friends get together and have a party, yeah. wild time, whatever. Yeah, and that's the, me neither. That's the, the comic premise. So I was a little bit uh, hesitant about, about whether I would enjoy this or not, but I was just curious because it did get decent notices and I wanted to see how it compared to things like wine country which neither of us enjoyed no um, and this is certainly better than wine country uh-huh it doesn't try to give every one of the the four protagonists their own individual emotional arcs mm. it has more of a, a central story around one of them in particular but it sort of involves two and mm. that's kind of the central thing, which is a smarter decision than trying to give everyone a piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was like Tiffany Haddish's breakout performance. And she's good in it. Um, and they're all pretty good and likable. And uh, But the, like, the like, requirements of this genre, just, uh. like, goes through, it goes through the motions and it feels somewhat automatic. Like, here's mm. the gross out bit. Girls can do it too, you know, mm. that kind of stuff feels like yeah all right <laughs> so it's like it's okay i wouldn't necessarily recommend it okay but it's it's okay and it feels very corporate um like it's a lot of it is set at a festival that i think actually exists um and there's like cameos from like p diddy and neo and stuff that sounds annoying yeah kind of like the movie yesterday yeah it's no yesterday unfortunately okay are we done I'm done. Do you have anything else you want to do on the pod? Any final messages? Any any final messages for our loyal listeners? You to yourself. We could do one final farewell jewel rendition of yesterday. Okay, let me pull up the lyrics. We're going to do the entire song. <laughs> All right. Go ahead.
yesterday. Jeez, man. What? I did it. That was perfect. That's great. I guess I can't tell because there is a delay. Yeah, so. so never mind. Right. It doesn't matter. We're just but sticking, like sticking four... up in post. So when you hear my bass note, complete four what? goes. As in the do 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 okay. so one do 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 two do 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 three okay. do do four do 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 okay. yesterday. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Go. Three, two, one. Yesterday, oh, it all seems so far away. Yeah, everything's over here to say. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday, suddenly, why she had to go, I don't know. to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday Yesterday <laughs> Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday That's great, man. Oh, bro.